and welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me tonight is Peter Standish, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Warner Records. Throughout his career with Warner Records, Peter has driven several promotional and marketing campaigns with over $1 billion in revenue and over 100 million albums sold in just the United States alone. He's run marketing campaigns for a diverse roster of legendary artists like Green Day's American Idiot and Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. And looking beyond his job description, Peter was responsible for bringing the internationally recognized management consultant and acclaimed author, Oren Harari, into the Gavin Report magazine. He was also actively involved in the creation and launch of the Gavin Music Convention, which rapidly became the key annual radio and music conference in the industry during its time. So Peter, thanks for being here. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Of course. Are you ready to jump right in? I am. Let's do it. All right. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? I think um, I have two pieces of advice from my uh, younger self. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they both apply to personal and professional, but maybe one more so than the other. I would say for my personal self, it would be to not worry so much. I think I was really anxious about a lot of things um, early in my career. And I think what I've learned over the years is things just work out one way or another, unless you really have some horrid, tragic, bad luck. But 98% of the time things work out. And I think that um, I think it just would have been I think that I had a lot of anxiety when I was younger. And I think that um, I think that's my advice to myself, younger self would be to not be so anxious. I mean, it's good to have <clears throat> some have a sense of urgency that motivates you. But and I think probably that's probably the main advice for my personal self. I think for my professional self, uh, similarly, although probably the thing that comes more to mind would be uh, have a little bit more courage to take more chances. I, I felt like I was a little conservative early in my career. I don't regret it, actually. And and there's nothing that I passed on that. I regret. I had a lot of good opportunities when I was younger. <clears throat> Excuse me, like moving into A and R at a really great label that I almost did, but uh, at Electra, but I didn't do it. Um, would have been a great opportunity, but I don't regret it at all. I'm really happy with the choices I made. But I guess I just—that's just sort of a philosophy. I think it's something that I I say to a lot of people. Um, is don't be afraid to take chances when you're younger, but don't take them for the sake of it either. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm curious, you say that you wanted to get into a and I think many young people do, and they have that kind of moment where they consider switching over. So what was the difference and what made you want to stay with marketing? I didn't actually want to go into a and I was offered the opportunity by someone who I really respected. I had not been thinking about it, honestly. I think what made me choose part of it was a move w- would have been involved and I wasn't ready to move at that time. I ended up moving eventually. I was living in San Francisco uh, at the time and I just loved living there. I had a whole great network of friends and um, my, at the time, my girlfriend, now my wife. Um, and I just felt really anchored there. And that was part of it. 
but I also didn't really, I, I don't know. I, I, I realized when I was younger, the thing that I really liked to do was to organize things. That was just something I liked to do. Like I would derive satisfaction from organizing and that's what marketing was um, to a large degree, <laughs> I would argue. Um, <laughs> and that's not what A&R is. It can be a part of it. Um, certainly you have to have organizational skills no matter what you do. But my what I derived satisfaction from didn't align as directly with A&R as it did with marketing. So I think that was a big uh, factor. I also think I was a little bit older. I was probably closer to 30 excuse me, I think if I was in my early 20s, I would have been more. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I really did like to go out a lot to clubs and night after night after night. And by the time I got to be my late 30s, I still like going out, but not as much. Um, mm -hmm. And at that time, A&R was complete. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it was very different than what it is today. So um, there was no internet way back then, believe it or not. Hard to imagine. <laughs> but people had the only way you really... I mean, a big part of learning about new bands was just going to see night after night after night after night after night. All right. So I, I don't regret it, but nice. just an interest in, but I, I, I don't know. And I'm not even sure if there's something specific that comes to mind in terms of taking chances. Um, but I just have that general feeling. Nice. All right. Moving on to question two. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and we all know that it's no different in the music industry. And sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they can be good. What's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? What I would say is, ironically, I would say it's not a secret. I would say transparency. Um, don't think you're larger than the music. It's like people in professional athletics. You know, they'll say you're not bigger than the game and people when you start to think you're bigger than the game or bigger than the music is when you can you'll it will not have a happy ending. Um, and it's all about the music. The one thing I've learned over the years is you're only as good as the music that you work with and the people you work with. Those two are crucial and people say it, but they don't always live it. You can polish mediocre rocks and make them into looking like they're attractive and and um uh appealing but at the end of the day they're just mediocre you know you can fool people a little bit short term but not long term and so i i think that sort of some basic fundamentals really i i think are often overlooked uh, execution i think is really overlooked in entertainment i think people get distracted by shiny objects and new trends and um and new trends are important but if you don't have a foundation of excellent execution it can be all for naught and and that's what i think you know i i think what i see is people overlooking execution and i think it really makes a huge difference in the success or failure of projects because another one of you know well you don't know i have a lot of sayings one of them is everybody loves to talk about marketing but nobody wants to do the work there's a lot of unglamorous work to marketing. Um, yeah, there's. it's fun to come up with like a, a new idea that no one's ever thought of before that really stimulates everybody. But if that's your whole marketing plan, then you, you only be, if you succeed with just that one thing, then you're just lucky. Don't confuse luck with, um, you know, judgment. 
Right. Totally. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think those are all great points, especially in marketing. I do agree with you. I think the execution piece is kind of overlooked sometimes, especially right now, because there's just so much available to artists and to labels, just the whole social digital aspect of things. Yeah. It's a free for all. And so I think that, um, and I also believe in transparency, you know, and don't confuse transparency. Sometimes people will just be, you know, with being rude either and saying things that are rude or disrespectful. That's not being transparent. That's just being unfiltered. You know, there's a mm -hmm. difference between being uh, that and being transparent. And I just really like with my artists and managers, I would rather have, I'd rather be direct and honest with them. Right. Just always from the beginning to the middle to the end, because you're just delaying the inevitable if you're not. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I'd rather have a difficult conversation early than later, because <clears throat> you're going to have to have it. Chances are 90% of the time, you're going to have to have that difficult conversation. So it's better to have it early because chances are there are things that both of you can uh, change that can uh, have a better uh, result and a better outcome. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I just think it's, a, I think it's two things. I think it's a, a contemporary way to do business. I think it's the right way to do. I think it's ethically right. And I also think it's business smart as well, because you're more efficient. I think efficiency actually is something that's a, 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 a little secret. You know, I think um, I think efficiency is really uh, important today because I think we have to do uh, fractionalization of entertainment. Um, there are more options people are consuming, they have a wider array of things they're consuming, but they're consuming it at a, at a uh, shallower level. So mm -hmm. I think you have to, I, I don't know, my opinion is the era of the big superstar has faded and there's fewer and fewer of that. And I came up in an era where that was, that was the way it worked. It was superstar. <clears throat> and I think that we just have to get more, you know, to me, it's all about efficiency today and not just resources but time as well and not mm -hmm. just my time or our vendors time but the artist's time and the manager's time everybody's time so transparency really is uh the road to efficiency i think so and oh by the way it's ethically right and you end up building trust with your partners your both your your vendors your business partners and your artists and your managers. And I think if you have a trust between one another, you can operate a much faster speed and totally. speed matters. Mm -hmm. All great points. All right. Are you ready for the last question? Yeah. Throughout your career, I can only imagine you've been asked plenty of questions, whether for industry conferences, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, I'll bet there was one that you've never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and what would be your answer? Yeah, you know, this is the one I've really kind of struggled with, um, to tell you the truth, Rachel. I, um, I, I kind of go around and around on it. I think that probably it's maybe asking me questions about what I was, what I was just talking about, like uh, how do I value... Uh, execution. That's probably the thing that maybe the question I'm not asked, like how important is execution? That's probably it. Actually, I just had a, uh, 
an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's borrowing from my question number two, but that's really the truth. I think that um, the only other thing that comes to mind, it doesn't directly relate to your question, but it, it is a question. The one thing I do see, like when I interview candidates for jobs over the years, the one thing that has surprised me is their lack of questions for me, mm-hmm. that they don't interview me for the job. That right. is the one thing that I would, that's the other thing that surprises me. Uh, so there isn't a specific question necessarily that um, I mean, I guess I would want them to say, like, you know, tell me about the company. Why? 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 Why would I want to come work here? You know, I mean, (laughs) they they may be intimidated to ask that question, but I don't think they should. I think they should be uh, be thoughtful about where they're going and think Mm -hmm. of some tough questions to ask um, the person that they're interviewing for the job for. It shows a lot of thoughtfulness, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And it shows that they put thought into it. Um, I find a lot of times people just kind of come in and. um they're just not as prepared as they should be. And that shows a lot of preparation if you're asking mm-hmm. questions to the interviewer. And then it turns it into a conversation, which is always helpful and eases the any anxiety. Yeah. And it kind of gives you a chance to, um, yeah, I think so. Open up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Peter, it has been so great having you on 3Q tonight. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. And to all of my listeners, I know you enjoyed hearing from Peter just as much as I enjoyed speaking with him. So stay tuned for next week's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you next time.